You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the next Keep Canada Weird episode. If you're new here, this is an ongoing series in which my pal Aaron and I seek out and explore the more interesting Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, we have a packed schedule. Aaron and I are going to discuss a mystery ship in the Halifax Harbor, the slaying of cinema screens in Ontario, we got some more Tim Horton's marketing nonsense, and then I'll reflect on my day with the self-declared Queen of Canada. So let's get into it. Aaron, we're back for another episode in our series, Keep Canada Weird. How are you doing tonight? Mm. Oh, I am doing uh, good. Mm-hmm. Thanks been... for asking. Oh, of course. I, I wouldn't start without asking oh, you that. What a pleasant start. Um, have you been following? Wait, may I ask you how you're doing? Uh, do you want to know the truth? I only, the truth is out there and I, I seek it. Um, I'm doing great. It's been a wonderful day. The weather's oh. been appropriate. Um, news has, like, world news, everything seems to be completely stable. Oh, yes, I noticed that, too. Um, I was actually kind of, you know, just surprised at how nothing yeah. was happening in the world. No, nothing. And actually, nothing was happening in Halifax today, either. Other no, than... I noticed that, too, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm talking about. We had... Um, yeah, yeah, the, the Halifax Shopping Center. Yeah, there was an, an incident at the Halifax Shopping Center. We have our inquiry into the mass shootings going on. There's a lot of bad stuff in the world to get you down but it's um yeah all things considered i think i'm i'm doing all right uh, i'm glad to be here with you to go through the news that matters to people who uh, would much prefer to keep their head in the clouds that's how i see this in all seriousness what have you been up to i haven't heard from you all week uh, are things all right mm-hmm. down there things are okay yeah things are good i've been uh, like a lot of people probably glued to the news um Recently, the world is a much different place since you and I last recorded a Keep Canada Weird episode. Yeah, like things um, really shifted because when we finished, like like last week when we did our recording, the convoy and all that stuff was just like stopping, and like and, mm-hmm. and we were just getting over that and Trudeau's announcement and all this stuff. And now it's just we're basically in like the early days of World War Three. It seems like within the matter of five or six days. Um, it's kind of frightening. I don't like seeing, you know, acts of war play out on the news. Um, but I think that's kind of what I like about this show is it's escape from those sorts of things. This is a new show for people who would prefer to keep their head in the clouds. I think that's the way yeah, I'm going to right summarize where ours are. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's me. I stay away from following any complicated stuff that I don't that doesn't make me happy. I, I seek I seek out the weird. I I seek out the weird, but at the same time, I uh, get a bit obsessive over world events and then mm. start to do deep dives and start to research everything. And then I can't turn it off and I have to force myself every now and then to turn the TV off and go play Mario Kart for a couple <laughs> hours and then 
de-stress and then come back to it and then build my anxiety back up. So it just, and so it comes in waves for me. That's uh, we're here to talk about things that are better than that. Uh, we got a few good stories tonight, but before I get to them, we, for something about our last episode really resonated with people. We got a couple comments. I believe I got what I'm going to call a death threat. Oh, uh, and uh, yeah, and it's uh, I, oh, that's, I believe that's chipper. Yeah, it's directed at me, uh, so I don't. Okay, think, good. Then it's fine. Let's. Yeah, I don't think you need to worry. Um, <laughs> okay. And I'm not. Enti- I'm not a hundred percent sure it's a death threat. It could just be a personal attack. I'm not sure. I'm gonna play it for you, and you tell me what the thing, what you think of this. Uh, the context of this is during last week's episode, you made a comment about me drinking from a straw. Hmm. I talked about why I like drinking with a metal straw. I didn't realize how controversial of a topic that is, and I certainly touched a nerve. Listen to this. All right. It's short and sweet, but I'm I'm reading this as violent. Don't ever admit to drinking coffee through a straw again. It's embarrassing. Just a heads up. Is that a death threat? Yeah. That yeah. probably is, hey? Mm, yeah, you should not be worried about world events anymore. You should be worried about what's right outside your door. I've listened to this voice memo. It was sent as an anonymous message, which is always creepy. I listened to it probably 10 times because I swear I recognize the voice. Let me play it one more time. Don't ever admit to drinking coffee through a straw again. It's embarrassing. Just a heads up. <laughs> Actually, the... It wasn't anonymous when it came through. The subject line was from a friend. And I was like, oh. Like the voice mess. sounds familiar to me, too. Um, I haven't placed it yet, but it sounds very familiar. It's someone from the East Coast uh, that is trying to yeah. look out for me, I suppose. That's the only thing I can imagine. But, um, yeah, I, I see that as threatening. What would people mm-hmm. have against drinking coffee from a straw? Is there something I don't know about? Um, well, it's kind of the same battle that people have with eating pizza with a fork and knife. Oh, okay. They they find it wrong. They find it unnatural. Uh, it's against the proper order of things. Hmm. It could now, be. at first, I was rattled by it too, and I actually thought about killing you. <laughs> but I uh, is after that... I listened and I calmed down, and you explained to me that. This is why I drink coffee from a straw, and then I re- I relaxed a bit. And... Mm-hmm. You saw it my way. What may have happened with this concerned threatening er? Uh, I think they probably listened to the point where you called me out on drinking from a straw, and I admitted to it. I think he probably shut the episode off then, sent the voice memo, so he didn't give me a chance to, you know, to to rebut, but. I don't know if if it's that controversial. I've seen several people uh, drinking coffee from a straw, just like I've seen several people drinking um, or eating pizza with a fork and knife. Yeah. So... What, what do you think of just the idea of a, of pizza with a fork and knife? Uh, I've gotten some strange looks for the way I eat pizza. I take it. Take the slice of pizza and I fold it in half, which I and then eat it as it's folded. Um, so it's like kind of a wider thing. But I find that just kind of keeps everything together. Is that all right? I only do that when I'm eating pizza when I'm driving. Okay, we'll see how the audience reacts to these 
habits. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to move away from the coffee straw thing. I'm going to, I'm forwarding that to HRP, the Halifax police, and I'm going to let them handle it and see if they can connect with Google and put a trace on who sent that threat. Uh, let's move on to something else. Here's another voice memo that ties into something we talked about last week, specifically Justin Bieber and his Timbits. Hey, Jordan and Aaron, this is Haley calling in to you from Toronto. Um, I just wanted to tell you that I got one of these Tim Biebs fanny packs for Christmas, and it was a total surprise to me that I would get one of these. And I definitely feel like a bit of a dork wearing it around, uh, especially when I get around young people. Um, but I can't stop wearing it because it's actually a really good fanny pack. And I just felt like you guys need to know about this. It's spacious, it's got lots of pockets, and it's just so practical that it's become an essential part of me leaving the house. So anyway, yeah, thanks for having such an awesome show. Love listening to you guys do Weird Canada, and keep on keeping on. We will. Um, I'm really angry from that call <laughs> a lot more angry than i am at the death threat call that you got this really one touches a personal nerve with me okay because as from if you listen to the last episode last week i'm very against tim hortons in general and i think that the tim biebs bieber connection is stupid and um i was against this fanny pack when 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 someone mentioned it last week that it exists and i'll say to this caller is that yeah, sure. I'm sure it's a passable fanny pack. You know, if you were to take the 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 Tim Hortons Bieber logos off of it, I'm sure it's a it's a mediocre at best fanny pack that you could probably use as a fanny pack. But I'll say this is that I am a hundred percent certain there are better fanny packs out there. Hmm. Um, I think they get your point because they explained feeling like a little like dorky wearing it out there. But I think and they probably have a lot of the same feelings as you. But what I got from that message is they're saying, despite all that, it's actually a really great fanny pack. And despite feeling awkward wearing it. How many fanny packs has she owned in her life? What's her comparison? This is this is all uh, completely empty this 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 argument that it's a that it's a decent fanny pack i don't know i put mm. it in a fanny pack lineup let's try them all on let's t- count their pockets and <laughs> test their durability and let's stuff a bunch of stuff in them and see which one explodes first yeah that's a good point and is it good enough to justify supporting the tim horton's justin exactly Bieber exactly thing? which is what i say to this caller is that what are you claiming to support here? Do you now support Tim Hortons slash Justin Bieber uh, relationship? Or are you saying I now support just fanny packs in general? And if so, go out and see that there's probably better fanny packs that you could own that have more pockets and have more useful purposes to them. And yeah, and avoids the baggage that comes with the Justin Bieber. Yeah, and the statement that you're making, the political... And, and, and ideological statement. Yeah. Uh, that, that you're making, you're supporting this company and this ridiculous allegiance that it has with mm-hmm. Justin Bieber, who has mm-hmm. no relation to coffee or any of the products that Tim Horton should be focusing on. Mm-hmm. Unsubscribe from the show. No, no. I, I want to also clarify that, you know, we appreciate the call. I just wish you didn't make me so mad 
that <laughs> I want to quit the show and never, ever even think of a fanny pack, a coffee shop, or even a telephone again. Okay. Um, one more voice memo. In this one, I had to fact check in, I think what this caller, this voice memo, I think the fact they included is going to be the fact of the night because it's fascinating, if true. Listen to this. Hi, you're looking for tips for a show. I heard something on TikTok recently about no rats in Alberta. And I'm sure a lot of Americans would find out very interesting. Anyway, I love the show. Thanks. Bye. So that's short and sweet. What the caller said is, I heard something on TikTok recently about no rats in Alberta. Anyway, I enjoy the show. And they, they kind of left it at that. And I... I was like, no rats in Alberta? What are they talking about? So I Googled no rats in Alberta. I'm thinking it must, there's some story there. And I found many articles talking about the province of Alberta being rat-free, the steps the government in Alberta takes to maintain its rat-free status. And it's true. Let me just read you. This is a, a piece of an article from mentalfloss.com. And here's what they say. Alberta is the only province in Canada that does not have any rats and is, in fact, the largest inhabited area on Earth that is rat-free. Rats had to come from eastern Canada, and it's a long walk, so it was not until the 1950s when they finally reached Alberta. When they did, the Alberta government was ready for them. They instituted a very aggressive rat control program that killed every single rat that crossed the Alberta-Saskatchewan border. Everything that I found confirmed that yes there are no rats in alberta i'm surprised i've never heard this before because this uh, this is astonishing to me like no rats in a specific area uh, like a I, large area you know a province yeah and i thought rats were one of those kind of animals that like you know when humanity dies off and the humans are gone there's still going to be rats everywhere like i thought they were like kind of like a the idea like a worm or a ant or something they're just all over the planet but no and i also yeah. that article talked about how like the rats would have come from eastern canada and worked their way across the country i don't, I don't know why that would be because you'd think they'd have rats like down in like south america and stuff that could have made their way up the up north america like through the i've States. never thought of the you know the mapping of rats and how they got anywhere i just always assumed they were something that was always just everywhere yeah, uh, I'm the same. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I want to learn more about it. I'm going to do some, mm -hmm. uh, some basic research and we'll get an update on that. And maybe I'll try to get in touch with someone who I don't even know what the trade or what the background would be. Someone who would know. Yeah, anyway, I, th I thought that was a strange fact, but I would challenge it. Like when I heard it and even when I found when I heard that voice memo and I found the first article saying there are no rats in Alberta, I continued to search being like, no, there has to be. But everything I found, yeah, you would think, you know, I, I don't know. I, just, I know. I just assume that everywhere has rats. Yeah. Surprise. You ever see one? A rat? Yeah. yeah. They're freaky, eh? They're bigger than you wish they were. And uh -huh. um, some of them can be aggressive. Oh, um, I've never been aggressed by one, but I did have a. Uh, in my growing up, my house in Cape Breton, my dad's house, 
um, I remember this situation happening. We had like our basement had water in it. It got flooded from like big rain and stuff. So my dad had to like open some drain so the water could get down, you know, and out of the house. Like maybe he opened like a sewer pipe or something like that. But anyway, I was um, upstairs laying on the couch and I can like I remember it perfectly. I was watching the TV show Cold Case Files. Uh, this I was probably like 13 years old and I was kind of like half asleep. And I heard something on the ground and I looked and standing like on the ground near the couch that I was laying on was a rat the the size of like a small cat. And I think I like yelped or something. And then the rat just like took off, went down the stairs where it came from. Uh, I freaked out and told my dad and he believed that it had to do with this drain he opened that allowed the water to drain out. So he sealed it. Never saw one since. Uh, yes, yeah. That, that sounds like it could be correct. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, well, I guess we can start getting on to the main event. We have a unique and interesting collection of stories tonight. Uh, the way I'll sum this up is we have, I guess, a modern-day ghost ship story, nautical mystery that has been and is can still taking place in Nova Scotia, the Halifax Harbor to be exact. We have a stupid story that is going to upset you more, Aaron, and bring up a painful uh, company from your past and reoccurring topic on this show. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yes. We'll get to it when we get to it. (laughs) And we have um, another entry in our Canadian crime series. And then the last thing is we will update... A prior topic, um, you were looking for more information on the self-proclaimed Queen of Canada or the QAnon Queen or whatever you want to call her, Romana Digilo. I went undercover and I think I've learned quite a bit about one of You're Canada's You're such a great topics. undercover agent too with your big smile. and your, I'm an investigative and, journalist. Yeah, okay? yeah. An under an undercover undercover boss, the you know the CEO of Nighttime Podcast goes. Yeah, undercover. Yeah, I did it. I'll tell you before we get to it. They had no idea that I wasn't drinking the Kool Aid, and because of that, I think I got us unique access to one of Canada's weirdest cults or whatever we want to call it. Um, but let's save that for the end because I can talk for hours about that the weirdest we're one of the weirdest sundays of my life i will all right i'm excited to hear about it uh what should we start with well let's start off with the um the ship the yeah yeah so that this is a i'm considering it like a modern take on a ghost ship story but it also kind of reminds me of like have you ever seen like the movie the thing where it's a group of people in isolation and horrible weird things starts happening it kind of reminds me of all that stuff mixed together it's all taking place in the halifax harbor and it has a unique tie-in with world events because as i read through this article um keep in mind that this all happened as the quote-unquote freedom convoy was uh, taking over Ottawa. This story does involve a honking horn. Um, So that was an issue for that reason. So let me read you this article. This is from uh, Saltwire, which is the owner of the Chronicle Herald and the Cape Breton Post, I believe. The article's title is Mysterious Halifax Harbor Horns Came from Ship That Experienced COVID Outbreak. Halifax Harbor Watcher 
Mac McKay heard very strange honking noises coming from a ship tied up at Pier 36 Thursday night around 11 p.m. There's no explanation for why anybody would do that, said McKay, a retired architect who writes about the comings and goings in the harbor. They weren't testing the horn at 11 o'clock at night, that's for sure. McKay, who lives nearby, said there were no fire engines racing to the scene or any sign of an emergency. It's just a mystery. He suspects the sound, which rattled Peninsula residents and had, and had people speculating about the source on social media, came from the Zim Vancouver, a container ship that had been anchored outside the harbor for weeks after steaming here from Spain. There are only two, sh two ships side up, tied up on the Halifax side of the harbor that could have made that noise, and one of them is facing towards Dartmouth, and therefore the noise wouldn't have been as loud, McKay said on Wednesday. The Zim Vancouver is facing inwards towards Halifax, so that had to be it. A well-placed source confirmed the loud horns did in fact come from the Zim Vancouver, which was at anchor for weeks outside Halifax due to a large COVID outbreak amongst the crew. There's different sequences of sounds on the whistles that ships make that have meanings, said the confidential source who spoke on the condition of anonymity. And they were sounding seven short blasts with one long one, which means abandoned ship. So being tied up to the pier, sounding an abandoned ship alarm is kind of odd unless somebody triggered it by mistake. But usually all those buttons are covered with some kind of guard so you can't actually ac accidentally push them. The Zim Vancouver has not responded to requests for comment made to their headquarters in Israel or their offices in North America. Federal health authorities weighed in 24 hours after the story was first published online. And here's a quote from them. The Zim Vancouver was anchored outside Halifax Harbor while the Public Health Agency of Canada worked with local health authorities and marine sector partners to help the vessel manage cases of COVID-19 on board. During this time, ill crew members were isolating said Tammy Jarbo, who speaks for the agency. Crew members who had tested positive for COVID-19 had completed their isolation periods. Lane Ferguson, who speaks for the Port of Halifax, said Wednesday that we are aware of a horn blast that came from a vessel in the harbor last night. We've looked into it and can confirm it was an isolated incident that was not related to vessel movements within the harbor or terminal activity. Ferguson, or Ferguson confirmed that the Zim Vancouver was tied up at the, at the time, and as far as we're concerned, there's no issue to harbor safety, he said. There were no safety calls or anything like that that I'm aware of. We're getting to the end now. Maybe they had a small fire somewhere and somebody hit the alarm instead of the fire alarm, said the confidential source. But the ship's fine. We'd know by now if it caught fire and there was a true emergency. The, the Israeli crew is well-equipped with fire extinguishing gear and would do everything it could to fight a fire, said the source. To sound the abandoned ship alarm, it would have to be out of control to the point where you have no other option than to get off the ship. If the alarm was sounded by mistake, it could be trouble for whoever hit the button. Definitely somebody is in hot water for sounding an abandoned ship alarm if there was no need to. The Zim Vancouver was anchored off Halifax for weeks before coming into port so the crew could quarantine due to COVID. Um, when they came in, they had some issues with some gear on their deck. They have winches to handle the mooring lines and one of them caught fire. So it could be a general alarm for something like that. Parts. Okay, and then it just goes on to describe uh, with, with, boat, with this boat being anchored in our harbor for several weeks seems unusual, but apparently there's delays all across uh, that whole mm -hmm. network, so that's not completely uncommon. But 
what I the the thing that I'm getting out of this article is there's this mysterious honking horn honking or whatever we now can translate it for it to it being the abandoned ship call but mm -hmm. to this point it seems like no one's even gotten in touch with anyone on the ship no they, they still don't know why that they it, sounded that alarm yeah and, and the ship is still there nobody has been able to communicate with the crew on board They've only been able to communicate with like this kind of like public safety thing who kind of confirmed nothing was was wrong. But the ship is still there. Nobody's come or gone from it for weeks due to this COVID outbreak. In the middle of it, they sound the abandoned ship alarm. You think like if they did that by mistake, they would at least like answer the phone and tell people like, no, no, it's all good. Yeah. And... Does it kind of sound like, like is a sci-fi movie? Any way for them? I don't know. Paddle up to the boat and, and knock, knock on, on it? the side of it. And just, <laughs> you guys good? It, uh, uh, quite a while ago, we heard the abandoned ship alarm. Yeah, it's in sorry the news. For taking so long to to check <laughs> on you, but are you okay? Well, and they've made several mentions that it's an Israeli crew. I wonder if they even speak English. Maybe that has a part of it. But you think there'd be people in Halifax? I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, their language. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it wouldn't be a hindrance. I wouldn't say. No, everybody's got Google Translate. They yeah. can just, you know. Uh, but regardless, it's like it's a big deal, right? The I chicken... don't know. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm it's, not but sure. it, yeah, I just think it's bizarre. <laughs> and then, like the honking when it happened in the middle of the well, at around eleven o'clock, late at night for me. But when that happened, it was when like honking was kind of a political statement. I don't know if it's still yes, is. yeah, yeah, for sure. People, it it it's a it's a sensitive thing to do uh, in these times to. Mm -hmm. To honk your car at all even if even if i'm about to hit a pedestrian i i won't honk my horn now you yell out the window yeah i said i can't honk i can't honk so now i can't honk my horn in an emergency because people will just think i'm honking for freedom when i'm trying to let them know i'm about to hit them with my car for unrelated reasons yeah um this situation with this ghost ship i'm calling it a ghost ship because to me it has all the trappings of like a science fiction movie like the boat is just there looming staring at halifax no no one's come or gone from it for weeks other than the abandoned ship alarm i have a feeling when someone does enter the ship they knock on it no one answers they climb in or however you get in a large boat i think it's either like these COVID-19 cases morphed or mutated into like a zombie kind of situation or nobody's on board and like they're still like their meals are still on the tables, all their clothes and stuff are there and they have no idea where they went. And the last sign of them was the abandoned ship alarm. That could be an interesting story. Yeah, either way, it probably um, smells on there. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to talk about that anymore. I do. Do you want to talk about something stupid that's going to upset you? Or do, should we do our Canadian crime segment? Let's do the Canadian crime segment because I got upset too recently. And yeah, let's, let's space out the, uh, you know, the upset. Your outbursts. That, my outbursts. My, my rage is, you know, I, I just need a break from raging right now. Okay. Let me, let me roll the intro. This week in Crime in... Canada. I got a weird crime. Now, again, our mandate on this show for crime coverage 
And for this specific series, uh, Crime in Canada, we want to look at crimes that are illegal, of course, because of the definition. But we want <laughs> to start. Yeah, that's a we're start. Off to, yeah, yeah, okay. But we want to find something that's a, that's a little odd and offbeat, and nobody gets that hurt. I think I found one. So it's actually, I'm going to tell this story in two segments because there's the initial event that I was like, when I heard about the event, I'm like, oh my goodness, like Aaron and I are going to get into that on Keep Canada Weird. Then a couple days later, there was a follow-up article uh, that even deepened the uh, criminality of this whole thing. So the story takes us to Ontario, specifically to the struggling independent movie cinema theater industry where things are just now starting to open up after the COVID pandemic. Um, there's been a rash of crimes that are affecting that industry. I'm going to start with a CP24 article that broke the story. The headline is two people captured on video slashing Ontario movie theater screen during a Spider-Man showing. So let me read this to you. An Ontario movie theater, who said they are just recovering from the pandemic, has been left with thousands of dollars in damages after two people walked in and slashed two of their screens with knives. According to police, two men entered Film.ca Cinemas in Oakville on February 23rd at about 5.40 p.m. and slashed the screens, causing $4,500 in damages. This is costing us for new screens plus lost shows, the theater said in a post on Instagram. It's the last thing we needed after having been closed and revenue lists for almost two years during COVID. Video appears video that appears to show the incident was released by the movie theater. Two men wearing hoodies can be seen walking into a theater while Spider-Man No Way Home plays. One person can be seen walking up to the screen before slashing it with a large knife. The two men then exit the theater, but are followed by somebody who is sitting and watching the movie. The two men appear to run into another movie theater, in which video captures them slashing that scene, that screen as well. In that second cinema, there wasn't a movie playing. They just, like on their way out, it seems as they're running, mm -hmm. they run into an empty theater, slash the screen, and then leave. So I'm continuing the article here. So according to the theater, the men left the building through an emergency exit. Police have not identified the men and are appealing for anyone with information to come forward. We are devastated, the theater said. They wanted their 15 minutes of fame. Now they get it. And hopefully, releasing this video will help lead to their arrest and hopefully some humiliation. So at this point, yeah, and people who are watching and you don't see the video, although you probably have seen it when I shared you the article, but it's two fellas. One has a red hoodie with the hood pulled up. The other has a blue hoodie with the hood pulled up. Both of them have masks, like COVID kind of masks on, so you can't see their faces. Both of them have their hands in their pocket. You can't even see like their skin tone. Um, and they do this. My first thought when I read the initial article is it has to just be like either like a dare or vandalism. Like it seemed pretty intentional. So that's why I was like, maybe someone dared them to do this or maybe they own a rival theater and they're like, I'm going to go in and cause trouble to the other independent theater. Did you have or a theory? It's a, or it's um, an employee who just got fired mm. and they're coming back for a little revenge. With their friend though, would you would you let your friend rope you well, into that kind of nonsense? Maybe they both got let go. Maybe 
maybe that's just the person that they babysit and they're like i gotta go slash a screen and i have to bring you with me because i'm your babysitter i promised your parents like it's his new job he lost the job at the theater now he's babysitting for his neighbor yeah yeah that's yeah that's likely but i think um it seems more intentional to me and it and very deliberate they quickly walk into the theater he walks right up to the screen and slashes it one person who's sitting watching the movie, you see him stand up and with his arms out, like, what are you doing? And follows him, follows him out. The two guys who did the slashing run into another theater that's empty, slash that screen, go behind the screen where there's an emergency exit. And another camera captures them like running down the alley and kind of going off into God knows where. Um, Maybe someone hates Spider-Man. I don't know, but I thought, uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a dark story, and I don't like an independent business to get hit like that. No, However, no, the plots are both the thicken. So that event that I just described to you that took place in Oakville, Ontario, on February twenty-third. It didn't stop there. I'm going to read you another article where the chaos continues. This is an article published just a couple days later. It's a global news article with the headline, Police Investigating More Screen Slashing Incidents Now in Burlington and Waterloo Cinemas, which are both in the same area. Here we go. Police are investigating two more screen slashing incidents in Halton and Waterloo regions. Both appear connected to a similar occurrence in Oakville last week. A police spokesperson said that the theaters may have been targeted because each were playing an Indian action drama titled Bhimla Nayak. Initially, Halton Regional Police revealed cut screens at film.ca cinemas on Spears Road in Oakville in which two males brazenly slashed them in a pair of auditoriums on February 23rd. Investigators said they've become aware of at least two more similar occurrences in Burlington and another in Waterloo on the same day by the same suspects. Shortly after 5 p.m., two suspects entered a theater on Branch Street in Burlington and significantly damaged three theater screens with a sharp object. Uh, local police said in a follow-up release. After 7 p.m. on that same day, the same two suspects attended a theater located on King Street North in Waterloo and damaged a single screen. Investigators said they're also probing historical events with similar circumstances in 2020 and 2021 that occurred in Oakville and throughout the greater Toronto area. Film.ca Cinemas in Oakville shared a security video post of the incident last Wednesday on YouTube in hope of aiding an arrest and humiliating the culprits. And then they described the video that the last article discussed. Now I'm going to continue here. Some residents have become a, begun a GoFundMe campaign in hopes of recovering costs for the lost screens at the Independent Theatre in Oakville. Halton Police did not release any description of the suspects in accordance with the Youth Criminal Justice Act which is new to me. I don't know how they know they're youths because they're just two people with jackets or with hoodies. Um, yeah, it's because they're wearing hoodies. They just assume. I have a hoodie on right now. But anyway, anyway I'll continue. Yeah, well, so Emotionally, you're quite <laughs> stunted. So. That's a good point. As I drink coffee and pop from my straw. Um, yeah. However, Waterloo Police did, saying sus uh, did say that one suspect was about 20 years old, six feet tall with a heavy build, and the other was described at being about five feet, nine inches with a slim build. Both wear hoodies. Uh, da, da, da. And then, yeah, then they just appeal for information. 
So I guess the the smoking gun, as far as a theory at this point, they have some reason to suspect that it is due to this Indian action film. Um, yeah. I did some Googling. I, I couldn't figure out Me too, out what... and I, I can't understand after reading the articles that I read. I, I, I don't understand. Yeah. Because I didn't know who the people were that they were talking about, mm -hmm. so I couldn't. I couldn't understand it. Like mm. it was, you know, it was in English, but it was like none yeah. of it made sense to me because I didn't know who they were talking about, and and I didn't, I, I couldn't make the connections as to why it was controversial. Yeah, talking about how it was very controversial. This one scene in particular, and how there were groups of people looking to have that scene removed from the movie oh, okay. before it was released, but it didn't. So then. Um, the movie was was gaining a lot of traction. It was a big box office movie. And then, yeah, and then people were quite upset about it. Well, if they were going to make a statement against that movie, why would they vandalize a showing, like a screen showing Spider-Man and another screen in an empty theater? Why wouldn't they go into the theater playing the movie they want to make the statement against? Because it's kind of like if they're trying to do this to make a statement, it's a pretty vague attempt where like mm -hmm. I, I tried to read about it i don't get what they were trying to say no like, i couldn't yeah no i can't really understand that i mean it's possible i guess that there is controversy surrounding that movie but i can't really think why they're going around any other reason why that they're going around to movie theaters and slashing screens um yeah it'd be a it's a strange thing to do and it would be um for, in the video where that the security video where there's people sitting in the theater watching spider-man like imagine you're in a theater and that happens someone just walks up the front slashes the screen and leaves you'd be I guess I'd do what the guy in the video did is I would stand up and be like, what are you doing? And maybe I would follow him from a distance just to tell somebody what happened. But I certainly wouldn't. Like, yeah, confront I would him. keep a pretty safe distance because the individual, as you know, as you watch them slash a screen has a knife. So I'm not going to really get too tangled up in that. <laughs> yeah. What a ridiculous way to get yourself hurt, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine I would let them walk out and then I would tell, you know tell someone who worked like there the 16 year old who saw the pop yeah. was, they slash your screen this guy it's like bro you're not gonna believe what i just saw <laughs> uh regardless these people i hope they get caught yeah it's it's not you know uh my vandalism days are long behind me so i can't support what they did did you have vandalism days no, I was naughty back at Tell the day. me something I was you did. A naughty little boy, you Tell know. Tell me something you did. Throwing eggs, stealing barbecues. Stealing barbecues? For what? To cook with? No, to put in other people's yards so they think that they stole it. <laughs> that's, a, that's an amazing trick. Like you would take it from one house and bring it to another house and just leave it there. Mm -hmm. We do that with um, other things too, like people's lawn ornaments and <laughs> and we go and put them in other people's yards. <laughs> That's the kind of vandalism I think I can support. Uh, slashing screens at independent movie theaters where it's like some, probably some, a, a, two or three people are probably thrown in the money together to get it open because they love the film, they love cinema, they love the idea of a small locally owned theater, probably playing like art host style movies. Those aren't the people that uh, 
I'm cool with you attacking them financially and shutting them No, it's down. one thing to go after Cineplex. It's another thing to go after the independent, uh, you know, film, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, for, movie. For, for the record, though, just I'm, I'm forgetting that we're broadcasting this and we're not just talking. Uh, I don't support any kind of illegal activity. Me either. Um, you did support mine officially. You can't go back and edit that. <laughs> you said what you said. Yeah, that's true. You supported it. And see, um, I was young and, and um, you know, not mature enough to understand the decisions I was making. But, the, but you supporting it being a 40-year-old man, you should go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe I'll be on the next episode of Crime in Canada. Maybe someone's going to call in and threaten your life. All right, let's move on. So we're left with what is going to be an uncomfortable topic for you, Aaron, uh, for a number of reasons. Any listener of this show... For one reason. <laughs> any listener of this show knows that you firmly believe Tim Hortons needs to get back to its roots... They need to focus on what used to work, fresh baked donuts, good coffee. They have screwed you over time and time again with their acrobatic menu items that have come and gone, like the changing seasons. They've had partnerships with celebrities that seem to, again, be throwing darts at the dartboard of celebrities and hitting Justin Bieber and his beautiful blue eyes. Uh, Tim Hortons, I'm assuming his eyes are blue, I have no idea. Uh, Tim Hortons is doing it again. They're trying something else that I don't believe you're going to appreciate. Do Before I explain the new product, do you know that they had Timbit cereal? Have you had that? I knew. I've seen them in the cereal aisles because I'm a, I'm a big cereal guy. I love cereal. I love trying different kinds of cereal. Mm -hmm. uh, I eat cereal every morning. Like candied cereal, uh, like I consider like the Timbits. Yeah, my well, my guilty pleasure are Reese peanut butter puffs. Ooh, have you had fruity pebbles? Yes, I've had fruity pebbles. Those are so um, good. I don't yeah. eat them like breakfast though. I put it like a, I would have it like on like a dessert or something. They're yeah, so cinnamon sweet. toast crunch is a really good uh, guilty pleasure. But I try to keep my cereals at least like. You know, something with high fiber and, and, and less sugar and, you know, something I could put some blueberries on. But but I do partake in guilty cereals as well. Okay. Um, my favorite, like I said, being Reese Peanut Butter Puffs. Um, so Tim Hortons, they, they dabbled in cereal. Um, whether it was successful or not, I don't know. But they are next. They are taking their next step in their bizarre history of trying weird things that seem to freak out their longtime clients. The headline of this article is Tim Horton's ice cream is officially becoming a thing. And here are the details. After a foray into cereal a few years ago, Tim Hortons is trying his hand at grocery items yet again with an all new line of ice cream that is due to hit Canadian supermarket shelves in the coming weeks. The product will come in five flavors inspired by some of the brand's most popular snacks and beverages. There are the birthday cake Timbit flavor, apple fritter ice cream, double chocolate donut ice cream, which will feature actual chunks of donuts, salted caramel ice capped ice cream, and fruit explosion ice cream. 
Fans eager to get their hands on a pint or five can grab them at Loblaws, No Frills, Real Canadian Superstore, Metro, Sobeys, Walmart, Longos, Fortinos, your independent grocery store, Provago. Basically everywhere most people shop for food in this country. Ice cream is expected to be as you... Tim Hortons ice cream is expected to be you as ubiquitous as Timmy's coffee. I don't know about that. The company's vice president of consumer packaged goods said in a release that he anticipates Canadians nationwide will love the desserts in the only at Tim's taste they offer. We're really excited to be reimagining some of our most popular flavors as an ice cream, he says. The new endeavor, interesting enough, interestingly enough, comes nearly a decade after the chain stopped serving Cold Stone Creamery ice cream in store, a partnership that apparently hadn't been all that successful. Uh, again, one of the million things they tried. Along, mm-hmm. uh, along with the ice cream in, flavor, in various breakfast cereals, Tim's also has its own branded soups, chili, granola bars, and of course, coffee and hot chocolate available at Canadian supermarkets. So they're doing it again to you. Yeah, directly to me. It's so personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I Wait. just wonder, like that statement he says, where he's like trying to formulate this marketable statement, this quote of like, yeah, everyone's going to just love our ice cream and it, and all of the uh, Tim Hortons flavors that they can't get anywhere else. And, and they're going to love the ice cream just as much as the coffee now. Hold on a sec. Let me go into my bathroom and vomit myself into a blackout. <laughs> this is it's, just there, there's insanity. no question. It's completely stupid. It's just and they did mention in that article they tried. Uh, they had like a partnership with another company that's that had like a little stand in Tim Hortons coffee shops where they would sell the ice cream and it was actually pretty good. Because it wasn't Tim Hortons. It was like a decent ice cream brand. You can bet mm-hmm. if uh, just knowing Tim Hortons and the way they do everything they do, this will be like bottom of the barrel, worst ice cream. And it'll be loaded with sugar and just god awful. And it'll be in the stores everywhere for a month and a half. And then you'll never see it again. Yeah. And people will try it. You know, mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, you know, they'll be curious about it. But like what are they doing what have they become they don't know if they're going left or right or up or down like they're just all over the place like why are you spending your time on ice cream Mm -hmm. why why and they can't even sell it it's not even in your yeah they can't even sell it in their stores like they have to like put it in grocery stores like this is crazy but i think it may be like tim hortons of course was bought by a larger company and I'm sure a part of that purchase and that investment for that company is knowing that the brand name Tim Hortons is something that so many Canadians trust and like, like people still do, although they're they're trying to ruin that. But maybe they think they can take the brand name Tim Hortons, stick it on any random piece of crap and put it in the grocery store and sell. So the, the again, they did that with the cereal. And it's not like that cereal is baked in Tim Hortons or something. It's just some random product with the Tim Hortons logo on it. Yeah, just like, it's just uh, any cereal, you know, factory in any town USA, like that just what, you know, where's the cheapest way we can produce a cereal mm-hmm. and get some laboratory to make a, a, a simulated flavor of a Timbit <laughs> or whatever. Like, here's what our Timbits taste like. Can you get a chemical that simulates that flavor that can be sprinkled onto this cheap 
cheap generic cereal that we're going to just ship out to grocery stores and and hope that Tim Hortons, the Canadian brand, will have people shove it down their throats <laughs> just because that once upon a time there was a coffee shop that people really liked and it was called Tim Hortons and it and it spread around the country because it had good coffee and good baked goods and then we've bought it and we've stamped it into the ground. It's the Walmart of coffee shops mm, except uh, at least at walmart i can get like walmart is a one-stop shop tim hortons is just a desert of bad ideas <laughs> um something that often happens with brands is is this when they're when a brand becomes successful it's purchased by someone else and they just mutilate it and pound it into the ground i've seen that happen with multiple brands and now so um people may not be the same age as us so they they may not get this reference but remember airwalk shoes they were yeah. like they came out they were good nice shoes and they were expensive and they were in style and fashionable everybody wanted them and liked them and then all of a sudden it was like you would go at like the discount shoe store and there'd be like a version of airwalks for like you know dirt cheap that were just these awful shoes um and, and the brand just like went from like, this is this great thing to this is this piece of crap that we're just putting the Airwalk logo on any random cheap shoe and we'll sell a few of them. It's like they're kind of doing that with Tim Horton. They're just sticking the brand name on random things just to further soil their name and upset you personally. Me mission accomplished mission accomplished yeah i'm upset there's enough to worry about in the world right now i don't need tim horton's ice cream adding to that <laughs> i don't need that like mm -hmm. but just it's you know there are a lot of people there are a lot of people like tim, tim horton's is now like it it has the logistical advantage where they've gotten to a point where they have so many locations and the brand is so ingrained in our canadian society that it is hard to shake it off. It's like, it's, it's like a really, you know, abusive relationship. It's like, I want to leave you, but I still love you, but I don't know why. But people are turning their backs on Tim Hortons. I talk to people all the time that are like, yeah, I still go there sometimes because it's like close by, but I hate the coffee. But when I need a coffee, I just go get one there or I just grab some sandwich there or something because it's two feet away that's the reason that they're going but there are lots of people who have stopped going there who used to go there and that will continue to grow it's going to take time you know because they are everywhere but but eventually people are going to completely turn their backs on this company i think we just owe it to our friends and families to talk about this and let them know what's going on. Because if, if you have someone in your house or in your family or that you work with or in your circle of friends who still prefers Tim Hortons coffee, it's likely because they don't realize how bad it's gone downhill and their their tastes have just kind of devolved along with the quality of their products. I think what you should do is talk to them, be upfront, don't be aggressive um, make sure you respect their feelings but let them know that the place sucks you shouldn't go there maybe you can even offer to buy them a coffee like just take them to mick cafe mcdonald's and just mcdonald's yeah mcdonald's i was when i was watching mcdonald's slowly introduce their mccafe lineup they really put a lot of work into getting the perfect fast food coffee they nailed it we're not going to knock it out of the park because that's not what fast food coffee is. Fast food coffee is 
good enough coffee, you know, like it's cheap, but it's pretty good. And that's what McDonald's is. It's, it's, it's a great fast food coffee and McDonald's has completely blown Tim Hortons out of the water. And then also McDonald's not quite as logistically, you know, available as Tim Hortons is in Canada, but pretty close. So if I'm driving down the street and there's a McDonald's on one side and a Tim's on the other, and I want a coffee, I'm a hundred percent going to McDonald's. Absolutely. I feel the exact same way. You um, amen to that. Glad to be a part of the choir you're preaching to. Um, let's wrap it up with this. I want to tell you, I teased this at the beginning. I had a really weird weekend. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> I want to hear all about it. Um, so here's what happened. On uh, late Saturday night, I was like going to bed and I just happened to open Twitter and I saw someone made a post where they shared a screenshot from the self-declared Queen of Canada's group where she sends messages. It's someone that I follow that reports on the Queen a lot. They shared a post that she made giving her kind of her itinerary for the weekend, just like a prime minister would. Uh, I'm going to be at this place at this time, this place at that time. And I saw right there on it, she's going to be in Halifax Sunday morning at 8.30 or a.m. I think it was at Citadel Hill. When I saw that, I like jumped right up from my bed, just being like, I have to go there. Like, I need to see what this is all about. Um, anyway, so I did. I got up first thing in the morning, drove my car down to near where I expected her to be at Citadel Hill. The Queen's group, whatever you want. I think they call themselves We the People, are very anti-media and journalists and all this stuff. Um, I've covered her before on the show multiple times and did so in a way that I'm certain the we, the people, people would not be cool with me showing up as Jordan nighttime podcast and then finding out, you know, who I am and how I talked about her. So I made the decision to go down there as like a follower of hers. That was kind of like my guys. I had my phone in my pocket. I had my recorder tucked away in my pocket so I could record, but no one could see it. So anyway, I get to Citadel Hill. No one is there. I'm just kind of standing around, looking around. There's another journalist there. Um, her name is Katie Noti. She's a writer for Saltwire who owns Cape Breton Post and Chronicle Herald. And she also covers a lot of like COVID type stuff. She was doing the exact same thing I was doing. So we're kind of hanging out, talking, and then we see three or four buses. Like, well, not buses, I guess like large RVs, uh, all in a row with a few cars behind them. There, I see the signs for like their flag, pictures of Ramona Digula or whatever, the queen on the buses. As they drive by, I think they can tell that we're looking at them, so they're honking and waving. And someone gets out of one of the buses, appearing kind of like a security guard, very seriously comes up and says, like, are you here to see the queen? And we're like, yeah, we'd like to see her. And they're like, okay, we're going to ask you to just step away for a little bit. She needs some time to prepare and then she'll come out. Uh, we do a walk around the block. And by the time we get back, probably five to seven-ish minutes later, there is now, say, 15 cars there parked. And it's straight up like, a cult is there waiting to see her. They have signs made. People have the flags. 
the energy is really high. Very weird, firm, hardcore believers in the queen. Then at one point, her security staff, which seems to be two or three guys that very that seem very serious and I would not mess with them at all because A, I'm sure they're completely nuts and B, in their mind, they are protecting the Queen of Canada, okay? Uh, one of the security guards come up to me and he said, um, I'm going to, uh, if it's a small enough group here, we're going to take you on the bus with Romana, with the Queen, um, but, and, and then he outlines the rules. Uh, no cell phones in there, no recording devices, no cameras. You can't have any of that if you want to get on the bus. And I remember, like, I, I just had this thought, like, okay, I got, actually, I had two phones in my pocket. I had my podcast phone and my regular phone. And I had my recorder in my pocket and turned on because I was recording all this. I And he's standing there looking at me. So I had to decide right then, like, do I tell him what's going on and take all this stuff out of my pocket and be amongst basically a cult who hates media or whatever with like a, you know, a $400 recorder and a bunch of phones and stuff? Do I show what's going on now or do I just keep it in my pockets and hope I can get on this bus without anyone finding it? I made the decision to just keep it in my pockets. But then when it's getting closer to time to get on the bus, I started thinking like, oh shit, like if I'm on the bus and the door is shut and then they find this stuff, like are they going to pat me down and I'm on a bus with these people and they realize I'm sneaking all these recorders? You know what? I, I actually felt fear for a moment and I'm thinking like what do they got on that bus? And the decision was made before I got on the bus that Ramona Digilo would get off the bus and greet her followers outside rather than inside. And I breathed a sigh of relief like, Oh, wow. Um, anyway, th this is a whole nother story. It was this van pulled up and this lady gets out of the van. She's probably my age or like our age, you know, maybe like mid thirties to mid forties, kind of in that area. She's alone and she had, I believe, five kids with her. And the kids are all holding signs that they made about Queen of Canada and they have this kind of idea of Canada 2.0, which is like when Trudeau is taken out and all these people are out of power and Queen runs it, you know, what that's going to look like. So here is, uh, this sign says vision board and it has like a big, I think an eight-year-old had wrote that and it's a piece of cardboard written all over it, what he wants to see different in Canada 2.0. And this nine-year-old adds things like no more chemtrails, no masks, no towers with high technology. We should have hoverboards. We should oh, wow, sleep in that's... beds made of moss. Um, the wealth should be distributed. We should communicate with animals and nature. No GMO foods. So that, that sort of thing is what's going on. Um, anyway, so these kids quickly become kind of the center of the group. Everybody is approaching the kids, getting their pictures with them, reading their boards. Ramona, the Queen's security staff, first orders us to line up in a straight line here. You know, like, you know, go over by this bus, everyone in a straight line. And then she says, everyone go on the other side of the bus and form a circle. So we all go and form a circle. 
<laughs> then she's like, actually, not a circle. We're going to go back to the other side of the bus and form a line going in the opposite direction. Finally, she comes out and immediately, like, everybody in this group was like, <gasps> I could hear one person starts crying. Another person is sobbing. And it's just like, they're freaking out. The kids that I talked about, they're like vibrating. So the first thing she did is she goes and approaches the kids. And this is one of the most telling moments of the whole thing. She kind of gets on her knees in front of the kid and she's reading their board. And she's like, you know, talking to the kids about chemtrails and everyone's crowding around like, oh, this is so nice. And I'm going to play it for you and watch what this child does. This kid is, I believe he's nine years old. Sorry, excuse me, chemtrails. And when she's done reading the board, he cries and falls right into her arms. Watch this. Hugging her. She's telling him it's all right. And he goes over to his mother as he's probably like eight or nine years old. And once he's done, her younger sister goes over and has the same reaction which is pretty nuts to see that. How, like, from your perspective being there, because the video is probably not justifying the situation, yeah. but, um, like, was, do you think the crying was authentic or? Oh, absolutely. The, the mother who had all those kids, she also had a baby. I think she said it was like a seven-month-old baby and brings the baby and passes it to Ramona and Ramona's like holding the baby and singing to it and talking to it about, you know, your queen, you're being held by your queen. She's saying this. And then one of the other followers is like, oh, I just saw a light flash behind you while you were holding the baby. And then Ramona started explaining that a lot of her security staff are extraterrestrials in the sky. She's holding the baby. The extraterrestrials in the sky are watching down from above and they're approving of this baby and... I was just watching it like this is so, so insane the way that all happened. But um, anyway, when it was finally my turn, when it's like you get to meet the queen, I just like kind of stood with her and I was hoping that I would get a chance to talk with her. Uh, so I tried to act the part as like friendly, jovial guy. Um, and that's where I put the photo up. I everyone she, they were wanting everyone to get a photo with her so i put my arm around her and uh like smile get a photo people didn't like that photo when i put it up online people are like you're supporting her but now i'm explaining that i was actually hoping that by seeming into her i would get a chance to like be alone with her or talk to her in some way i was kind of hoping then in the end um after i got my photo with her she pretty much was crowded by everybody else and the mood kind of got weird one thing i heard i overheard this one part of a conversation where one of her security staff said to one of the followers that was there is something like it's all going to change really soon when trudeau's people are either arrested or shot and and then i couldn't hear what came next but they said that like, oh, I'm like, yeah, that will change it. Like, it's just that's like a part of the mythology or whatever. When I heard that and they start, they're talking about these sorts of things. They're like, all right, I'm, I've got enough. I'm out of here. Um, 
then ended up bouncing. Good time to leave, yeah. When when the prime minister getting shot is uh, starting like, to come up so casually in conversation. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. pretty much the whole story. But I'll tell you, like her as a person, she you would think if she came into your store or something, you'd be like, yeah, she's just like a regular person. Like she seemed completely normal. But the people who were there, every one of them, I was like, yeah, that makes sense that this person's here. They all seemed like your generic like cult member kind of person and being around you know 40 of them all talking together was uh yeah it was pretty freaky wow so that's my story well it's it's pretty wild it's you know you you got in there and you I, well, I did nothing. I went in there, got a picture, and kind yeah, of got freaked but out. Yeah, you were there, and you, you could smell her, and that's uh, all you need. The, the big thing is getting that cl- like getting there is different than watching the vi- like getting close to them is different than watching the videos online. Um, when they're standing in yeah. front of you, like a, like grown men and women who are well dressed and are like talking about that, and you're you're there just like oh, okay, yeah. It's a little too real when you're there. Yeah, when it's when it's not just a link that you clicked on that brought you to a YouTube video. It's, yeah, when um, they're on a bus in your town and, an, and a bunch of RVs and there's a bunch of them and there's a bunch of kids. There was kids on the RV that didn't get off. And I'm just like, who has their kids in this situation? I felt horrible for those kids that were had all the signs and stuff made. Oh, I was just like, man, like I would not bring my kids anywhere near this situation, let alone like we're going to make signs. Yeah, it's but what do you do if people believe this? Like, how do you I don't know. Like, I, it's just it's such an issue. I don't know how you fix it. Uh, these these the Internet allows these kinds of people to rise and find a following of, you know, like minded people. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the issue is, but I do believe, and I will say, I believe that that group is uh, is dangerous and not someone that I would want coming back to Halifax or really being near any hospitals, government buildings, be- police stations, because they firmly believe that the Canadian government that we know is like an enemy that is trying to take them out who and they are rallying against the true leader in their mind and i think that is a pretty dangerous uh ideology to have hello listeners sorry to pull you out of the episode like this but i want to take a moment and let you know about something i just posted to the premium feed I mentioned during the episode that I met with another journalist, Katie, at the Ramona Digila meetup. Well, after that event, we recorded a chat discussing our thoughts on the nonsense we had just witnessed. If you're looking for more info on this group or cult or whatever, you're not going to want to miss that. You can find that discussion and all the other premium content at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. So if you want to get more of the show and support it while you do, Go to patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And as a gentle reminder, all annual subscribers of the premium feed receive a nighttime swag pack by mail. Now let's get back to the episode. (laughs) 
Well, let's start wrapping this up though. What's uh, What should we plan for next week? Anything we want to change, do differently? In our own personal lives? Uh, in our lives and in the show, two separate questions, I guess. Oh, those are two loaded questions. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm gonna go back on keto because I want to get I want to lose some weight for the summer for going to the beach and all that stuff that I love to do. Have you put on much weight since you were off keto? Yeah, but I eat like candy, chips, and pop almost exclusively. So yeah, I probably oh. like I've gained basically everything I lost. <laughs> Just right back right Okay, started. yeah. Well, that's the that's one of the issues with diets like keto is that they do work but it's a matter of keeping the weight off once you sharply transition off of those diets um it's, is the issue it's my fault i like if i had have changed my diet after uh like if i like when i came off keto if i had to change to you know uh, a, a good ate better or whatever i'd probably be fine but i didn't i just like went completely well, off that's the what your brain says to you it's like look at the weight you've lost you can afford to eat so much garbage right now um as far as the show what should we what should we plan for next week do you got any ideas or should we just find the weirdest stories let's find the weirdest stories that are unrelated to uh, trucks convoys, convoys and pandemics uh international international dealings mm -hmm. yeah and it's a reminder of um how fortunate we are to be born where we were born absolutely and yeah. i'm very fortunate to be your friend yeah, oh i can agree with that um mm. well let's wrap this up if anyone has any story ideas let us know if you have feedback on the episode send a voice memo and we'll include it in next week's episode um, and I'd like to go out on by saying I do not support war unless it's against Tim Hortons. Oh, yes, which you've declared. Already. I officially declare war on Tim Hortons today. Uh, not the employees of Tim Hortons, but corporate Tim Hortons. And I'm coming for you. Yeah, we're here and we're, we're not going away. Um, until next time. Keep it. You suck, Tim Hortons. Sexy Canada. I want to thank you for again joining Aaron and I for our Keep Canada Weird discussion. But before we part, I have some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with the listeners of Nighttime. Next, a shout out to Monty Data for, for contributing the music for this episode. It's a piece called Noir Tokyo. And lastly, but most importantly, I have a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime as without your interest and your support, the show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping this show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off my back, please listen on the premium feed. You can subscribe at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And on the topic of the premium feed, let me thank the newest subscribers. Terry, Sandra, Paz, Karen, and Krista. Thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it via a premium feed subscription, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas or if you want to give feedback on the show or contribute a voice memo, you can do that at nighttimepodcast.com contact 
or you can always find me on social media. I use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm often live recording these episodes on the Nighttime Podcast YouTube channel. So until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. Beautiful, serene, majestic, the true north, strong and weird. <laughs> <laughs>